Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. The wealthy and reclusive Augustus Topton has died. Invitations are sent to his distant relatives to bring them to the old man's lonely manor. Join Mitch, Monica, and Tillman as they see who will die and who will inherit the Cliff House. If you want to learn more about Twin Cities by Night, feel free to check us out on social media. You can reach out to us on Twitter at Twin underscore Cities underscore VTM or on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night, where you can find a link to our Discord. Now sit back and enjoy. Welcome listeners to Slashing Flick, the Cliff House. Dun, dun, dun. Joining me today, we have Tillman, Monica, and Mitch, two of whom have yet to be on a Slasher Flick game, so here's hoping we get some good stuff out. And if not, they're never allowed to join another one again. All right, so our story begins with our characters, when one way or the other, arriving at the Cliff House. That's not the actual name of the manor, but... For the town, that's that's all anyone's called it for many, many years. Just about a month ago, the last owner, the reclusive and wealthy Augustus Topton, passed away. With no immediate relatives in the area, basically word had has gone out to to the uh, his extended family, and they have arrived to see just who will inherit this sprawling and lonely manor. The light of the light of the nearby lighthouse pierces through the night sky. All right, so we're going to start with Tillman. Introduce uh, your characters in a matter of whatever you want, then we're going to move on. <laughs> All right, I've never played in a slasher flick before, so. <laughs> oh, you haven't either? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Wait, no, you were. Stop, stop trying to confuse me. All right, I'm. Um... Playing uh, three characters, of course, as as usual. My main character is Andreas, though he usually introduces himself by his self-chosen Nanahuatl name, Sochipili. He is an interesting figure, especially for the 50s. He has a strong tan, even though he is probably Norwegian origin. He's very tall, has very long gray hair. Uh, also a very long beard. He has some colorful glass beads that he has woven into it. He wears a tunic that he appears to have made himself. And he does not wear shoes because he doesn't believe in them. He wants to be connected to the earth. And his feet reek of death. He's currently in an argument with one of my secondary characters, Anastasia. A young, very bright doctor from well the country of in eastern europe who emigrated before things went to shit and arrived in wherever this takes place it's somewhere on the coast somewhere don't worry about which coast it's not important so anastasia is very small she has blonde hair that she keeps in a ponytail at all times Uh, and because this is a movie and we need to establish that she is in fact a doctor she also has like this surgeon's gown on at all times and carries a bag of first aid supplies with her. Awesome. All right, and your last character? 
yeah, my third character is Alfonso. He's a not so slightly overweight Italian-American guy, very short, black hair, almost no neck whatsoever. He wears a suit, though, and no tie, though. That He, he couldn't wear a tie. What was the um, the suit style in the 50s? I'm, I'm not so sure. Couldn't tell you the name of it, but it said everyone wore suits and hats. Do you mean the zoot suit? A what? <laughs> it's like a very wide-shouldered uh, suit with, like, stripes on it. Ah, okay. Now I'm trying to decide whether he has patches or not. But stripes sounds good, too. And that sounds like his style. Probably makes him almost appear as he were trying to be thin. <laughs> All right. But he's a very honorable businessman. Uh, so no doubt an inspiration to his uh, many future descendants, one of whom may or may not be named Joey. Who knows? We shall see. Couldn't, couldn't tell you. This is the 50s. <laughs> All right. Now let's go to Monica. My primary character is going to be Neil Adams, who is the brash greaser type. He's your typical file mouth, scrappy guy, very into his own looks. He carries his uh, comb with him everywhere and a little bit of styling grease to make sure his hair is always on point. He's a casual, laid-back guy, very into himself, so much so that it's a bit off-putting because he could sit there and talk about himself for days. Because he is the scrappy guy, he'll jump into any fight. He's brave almost to a fault. I would say his looks, um, he's got dark black hair, always slicked back, dark eyes, pale skin. My secondary characters would be Amanda Atkinson, who is your classic bitter spouse, carries a flask of alcohol in her clothing at all times. Slurred speech is a bit common with her, although she tries to hide it. Kind of snooty, um, into Pilates, your usual trophy wife. And Who's my last two? I had not thought of that. Would Alfonso be married? Do you think so? Oh my god. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> that would explain why she's bitter and an alcoholic. Well, what do you we think? Go that way. <laughs> Or we say they are family, but not, you know, married or something like that. I could be married to his long-lost brother. So my last character is Ved Patel, and his archetype is the crazy old loon. He immigrated to the coast um, looking for a better life. He's extremely superstitious. A little bit off his rocker. You know, he's in his, I would say, late 60s, early 70s. The things that come out of his mouth, you got to take with a grain of salt because you don't know if it's just dementia hitting him or if it's actual facts. He's very big into mythology, folklore. He's your typical neighborhood watch nosy guy. He knows what everybody's doing in the neighborhood, but he means well. So even though he's off his rocker, he's here to help everyone. He's eager to lend a helping hand. He's just a little bit crazy. I love how you're going into those guys who are just going to die in like two minutes from now. Who knows, though? He might all live. It's, it's, it's stranger things have happened. Love it, though. I love it, seriously. All right, now on to our final guest, Mitch. All right, so my primary character is Jim Burns. 
He's a crazy old loon, was a grifter making his way across the country, did a little time serving in the war. He's not sure which one, but it was one of them. And, you know, he's always looking for an angle. But he also tends to ramble on a little bit. His, his, his mind's not quite where it used to be. So he's not even really sure where he is at the moment. I'm getting the feeling that he and uh, Ved Patel might have uh, just been, like, on the road somewhere. They just, just, they're just drawn to each other's natural uh, eccentricities. Well, I checked this mailbox. I wasn't even sure if it was my mailbox, but I checked my mailbox, and there was a letter in it telling me to come to this place because somebody died. So, of course, you know, I'm going to come because, you know, what if, what if they didn't die and they wanted to say hi to me and this was all a trick? But just to be on the safe side, I brought my whiskey and a cigar. All right. Now, how about bucks. your uh, other two characters? Uh, secondary characters, I have John Smith as the enigmatic stranger haunting the edge of the group with his trench coat and hat. Not quite sure what he's uh, thinking. And then there's Mark, Marky Markson, the cool rebel, smoking a cigarette at the edge of the driveway, thinking about all the girls he can bring back to this place. Okay, I, I can only imagine the clicks that form in this whole group. Okay, so all nine of your characters are approached by, you see an, old, you see an older man in a suit, he's just, Says, oh yes, I'm <clears throat> Mr. Utterson. I'm the uh, I'm the lawyer of the late uh, Mr. Topton. I've been told to uh, show you around the premises and to uh, introduce you to the few remaining staff that have uh, carried out our will be uh, accompanying the uh, uh, state. So he he leads you in to the manor, and so he, he shows you around. He, he first he was like a it's very richly decorated, you know, dark wood. You see, you know, a nice set of stairs leading up to the second floor. You know, there's the main foyer. Then he leads you off to a, you know, a very nice, uh, spacious uh, a drawing room, a living room. You know, big multi-use rooms. He leads you down to the kitchen where you see a thin. You're not sure where he's from, but he's simply tell he's not American. The cook, who's like just gives you a wave as he's preparing, like he was a. Uh, See like a pig being in the oven. They see several things of soup being like a big pot of soup bubbling around. Then you he, t- he takes you on, and you see like upstairs. There's like the big master bedroom, an adjoining study to it, and there's a whole host of other like you know bedrooms, bathrooms. It's like you know, something crazy like five bedrooms, three bathrooms. So yeah, it's a very big place. You know, li- there's a library. Uh, a greenhouse on grounds and adjoining the place there is a lighthouse where you know some of the staff live so uh, do, do any of you decide what what's going through like just give me your primary characters thoughts like and what are you talking about as you go see, look around seeing this opulence around you i bet the fishing's great here that lighthouse i could probably make some money off of it i just don't know how yet you see these wooden beams right here so gpd slaps on the wooden beams these, these are history. They, they connect this place to the earth, to nature. This is how housing used to be made and should always be made. None of that modern concrete and glass and steel work. It just removes us from our, from our true calling. Wouldn't you agree? I know I got enough nature right here. It'll pull out a flask, open it up and take a sip. 
that right there that you know that's 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 the best part of nature as far as i'm concerned besides what are you gonna do with all this crap when the ruskies drop the bomb on us we gotta have we gotta have the bunkers because when the moon men come down and the ruskies with the bombs the bunkers are the only thing between us and annihilation genre point for that mitch all right and all also right, for- crazy guy crazy guy calm down we're all here to have a little fun. We're here to party. You know what I'm talking about? Five bedroom, three bath. That's where I'm going to stick all the girls. All right. That's another genre point to you, Monica. So, yes, you, you all get a nice tour of the place. It's you know very nice, very high class. Then you're, ex- then you're shown to the uh, dining room where you all sit down for your meal. Then you're introduced to the two remaining staff. There's a butler by the name of Worthington. You're pretty sure he made it picked it himself. No one actually has a name like Worthington. It's impossible. And the gardener, who doesn't introduce herself at all. She just, you see, it's like an older woman in her 50s, maybe 60s, just sort of very, very you know, calloused hands, smell of dirt all around you. And so then you all sit down for dinner. And so being presented to you, there is a roast pig, several things of soup, a, let me see a moment, I don't say... There's several things of nice laid out fish, some salads, and eventually the zero comes out. So tell me just exactly what each character will eat. So GPD will not touch any of the food. He will explain, though, that for 14 years he has only consumed uh, the light of the sun. After his travels to India and being taught by the Buddhist monks, he found that he was reconnected with the true source of energy in this world, the sun itself. And he was able to get off the wrong path of consuming animals first and then living beings entirely. All right, so what about the other characters? I'm thinking Alfonso eats a little bit of everything or a lot of everything, (laughs) depending on who you ask. All right. And I'm not really sure about the <laughs> exact offerings, but I'm thinking Anastasia is having fish if available. All right. And now, Monica, what are your characters eating? Tell me specifically. Neil is your standard meat and potatoes kind of guy. He doesn't touch vegetables. He believes in the all-American diet. So when that pork is served, that's the first thing he's going to go for. Amanda is a woman who likes to watch her figure. So she's going to stick to the low-calorie, low-carbohydrate options. And my old loon, Ved, is um, going to stick also to a vegetarian meal, but he is going to kind of look at Xochipilli and just kind of shake his head and think to himself, what a crazy guy, my goodness, so bombastic, has no idea what it's like to really need anything. (laughs) And he's just going to kind of keep to himself as he eats his vegetables. All right. Now, Mitch, what are your characters eating? Now, there was one time when I was in the war. Uh, yeah, in the war. We had these rats because we ran out of rations. So we were skewering the rats. And I mean, everything here looks so much better than rat. But we were skewering these rats, right? And we'd roast them over the fire. And we'd have the fires. We'd make them in our helmets because that's how we kept warm at night. And then the rats, the eyes would explode, and then we could use that to grease up our guns because it was really greasy. So then the tails, we would tie those up to the fence and the barbed wire because they would rattle. So if we knew someone was coming, we'd hear the tails rattle. But those rats were disgusting. So, you know, this food, this food is great by comparison. But do you have any rats? And then you just see the cook 
just no, 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 no rats in my kitchen. No, never, no, no rats. That's not a very good kitchen, then, is it? He just stares at you. And then John. Genre Smith point will, for that whole thing, by the way. John Smith will just quietly accept whatever is handed to him. And Mark Marky Markson, smoking at the dinner table, will be like, "You guys got any hamburgers?" Okay, you see, you see the the cook just sort of visibly cringe at that phrase and just be like, "Hamburger, I'm like a root beer float, man. Can I get a root beer float with this?" So you see him out, go out muttering to himself as he goes to get Mickey your float, and then at the head of the table you see the lawyer stand up like, "Thank you all for coming. Now I must read part of the will as Augustus Topton directed me." And he like pulls out a little thing of like a little envelope, re- opens up, puts on his reading glasses. For those interested in inheriting my estate, <clears throat> they must remain on the grounds regardless of reason. For the duration of a week, and any who shall leave these premises until that time has passed shall be disinherited from the will. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Could I have some water, please? And then you see he like goes on to explain that yeah, the food and supplies will be delivered to the house. You know, on the regular, you already have like a big supply of you know food and non-perishables in the uh, present, so there's no need to worry about it going out for shopping and stuff. And you already have like you know, I'm just gonna say you characters already brought like they brought like some suitcase and stuff, clothes, so that you need to essentially just stay on the premises no matter what happens. And you see, as he continues to talk, the lawyer he starts to he visibly starts to look unwell, and eventually he as he's he stands up to walk, leave the dining room. He, you see him like stumble and sort of fall to the ground. Anyone can help him? Now, see, that there is a man that can't hold his rat or his whiskey. Uh, Alfonso now, is going to get up and close his belt first because he opened it earlier. Um, found a point for that. <laughs> and walk over. Oh no, what a tragedy. The man of law has succumb to a terrible illness. If only someone here could help. And Anastasia gets up and exclaims like, I am a doctor, I can help. And walks over. I want to give you a genre point for that weird acting bit, but I don't know if that was intentional or <laughs> you, that was you just don't. you. <laughs> yeah, that was just me. You don't need to give me uh, <laughs> acting points. Okay. <laughs> Old Loon Ved is going to get up as soon as the man collapses and, you know, he's going to shimmy on over. Oh my goodness, this man has collapsed. Doctor woman, please help him. I don't know what he is talking about a will. I thought I was here for the publisher clearing house. Show a point for that. Thank you. All right. So, uh, Anastasia, you basically, you turn him over and you see he's, he's foaming at the mouth. His eyes are going all over the place. And then next, you see, he just goes limp and passes away. John Smith is diligently taking notes in a little notepad. Can I uh, roll something to find out what uh, his ailment is? Yes, give me a brains check. Cool. How does that work? Uh, So tell me what your brains are. It is normal. All right. So you roll a D48 unless you have any positive qualities that would help with this. I have a negative quality, um, somewhat oblivious. All right, then take one die away from your roll. I have a pair of sevens. All right, you passed it anyway. 
that's a good roll. So yeah, with a pair of sevens, you immediately you, you dial in, you, you you get like a little thing from your medical kit, just like tested it against him. It's like you you know he died from poison. Ah, this man here died from poison. What has he eaten? All right, so you get up and you go and you look over to what he ate. <laughs> and you see that he was eating some of the fish that had uh, been laid out for him. Man, I'm glad I ordered a hamburger. <laughs> All right, now tell me, everyone, if you can remember, if your character ate fish, can you just, okay, tell me, which one, I would say Alonzo ate some fish? No, Anastasia ate some fish. <laughs> oh. Anyone else? Okay. So, Anastasia, you, you, you start feeling woozy yourself. And, you know, you first you think it's nerves, but then you, you realize that, yeah, you, you're not feeling well. Give me a brawn check. This is a oh kill boy. scene, though. She has a poor brawn, so that's... All right, what? so that's a D10. One? How many D10? A four D10. It's always going to be four okay. dice unless, unless you have a quality that changes the number. I have a pair of twos. I am sorry, that is not enough. What? <laughs> Outrageous. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I needed to have someone die off and then just like, I'm, it's going to, you're going to have to, you had to roll better. Okay, so I'm thinking um, she is in a hurry going through her bag of medical supplies in an effort to take every pill she has. And so she really walks over and grabs her hands and like moves them upwards. You have to breathe and believe. Let's go out into the sun. The sun will heal you. All right. So you go out and you find that yeah, thick fog has rolled in and there, you can't see the sun anywhere. <laughs> breathe with, go out with me. In. No, no, none of this hippie shit. Oh. What you got to do is, you know, like rats never die from poison. So what you got to do is you got to find yourself a rat liver and you got to swallow like 10 of those little things whole. And they will clean the poison out of your system. You got you to drink some whiskey with it because that's just going to make you feel better. Absolutely well, not. And what wear a wet pair about? of pants on your head so that you, you don't crazy man. You need turmeric. You put some turmeric on the forehead, do a quick prayer, she'll be okay. No rat of course I have. Rat. Of course I'm I experienced in both of those methods and have practiced them myself. But in, I think... Uh, I mean, the other bit option is you could press for the time liver and like inject it between your toes, but that can get messy. I think in the meantime, Anastasia has collapsed on the ground and has like foam in front of her mouth. Yes, I'll say that. Yes, and <laughs> and you'll get two genre points for your character dying, and a bonus one for being the first one to die. All right, so everyone, you just saw two people die from poisoning right in front of your eyes. Give me spirit checks to see if you can fr avoid freaking out. If we wait long enough, rats will show up. This is a good you could just give me one. You could just give me one spirit roll each for each person. My gangster has scared of nothing as a positive. That'll account. Yes. My crazy loon has uh, determined to save people's lives for spirit, and he's also good. So does that mean he rolls um, five d sixes? Yes. Okay. Uh, for Alfonso, I got two pairs. A threes, and, yeah. threes and sevens. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Alfonso does not freak out. 
And for my uh, for Tsuchipili or Andreas, I have a triplet of three. So yeah, he doesn't freak out either. My old man has a pair of twos. And a pair of fives, I see. That's right. That's you know, no freak out for them, Mitch. I see you got a pair of twos for who? That'll be for my crazy old loon. All right, that's not quite enough. You, 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 your your uh, primary starts freaking out. All right, and it looks like neither my enigmatic stranger or my cool rebel have any pairs. So basically, yeah, all your characters just start freaking out and just starting going off on the separate directions throughout the house. All right, so there's that. Okay, so how we're going to do this is... Okay, so... Tillman and Monica, you you both see your characters see like you know three people just start scattering all over the place. Tell me what you're gonna do. Alfonso sighs noticeably. This is going to make it really hard to remove everyone from my property. <laughs> that is going to pull a string of prayer beads off his neck, and he's going to kneel beside the good doctor woman and start praying for her spirit. All right, then you see the. Uh, the butler come along at Worthington and just, I'm, I'm horrified by this turn of events. I, I could, please, could you help me in tracking down the people who ran away? We, we must recon, we must collect ourselves. We, we must find out who did this. I will, uh, I will conduct an investigation here and perhaps could you please help just track down the people who ran off? I, we cannot allow our, there is a murder among us, and we must toss him out. Oh, I, I wouldn't be worried. Um, people die all the time. Who's saying this? <laughs> Alfonso. Okay. <laughs> Sir, certainly, I... certainly we don't need an investigation, and he like, gets in the butler's personal space and like grabs his shoulders and squeezes them. Sir, I, I, I demand that you unhand me. I think it would be best if you leave this site. For your own safety, of course. I will find the rest and then follow and uh, lead them out. I see. And then you see he, like, get your hands off him and he straightens himself out. Very well, sir. I shall shall not. We we shall collect the bodies and I will notify someone to take care, to to, uh, bring them out of the house. Is that acceptable, sir? Very good. Very, very good. I'm glad we could find this business arrangement. I see. And you see the butler goes off to make a phone call. I think Amanda's going to get up from the table after she hears all this ruckus. And she's going to kind of jog over to see what's going on. She sees this dead woman on the floor and Alfonso kind of manhandling the butler. Oh my God, what are you doing? Are you threatening that man? Did you kill that woman? What is going on in here? No, no, I, I, I have nothing to do with this poisoning. That's really not my style, you see. I'm really just here to get this property. So there's a dead woman and a dead lawyer and you had nothing to do with it, right? Correct. You're unbelievable. Where did everybody go? And on that uh, note, we're going to say, all right, so I'm going to say people have split up and started moving around the place. So we can say that for now, Alfonso and Amanda are in the uh, porch area. 
And then, so I'm going to basically list off a series of places, and you let me know if you want to say that your characters go there in the meantime. So there's the library, there's the master bedroom and study, there's the uh, greenhouse on the grounds, the lighthouse nearby, the kitchen, the ballroom, and the, se- and the various bedrooms and bathrooms. So uh, I'm going to just gonna, can you like, basically go out and tell me and say, you know, which character, I'll say, like, who's in the, li- who say go to the library? No one's going to the library. Okay. How about the kitchen? I think my enigmatic stranger is going to go to the kitchen. My rebel is going to go to the bathroom. And my old loon is going to go out to the porch. All right. Uh, even though he didn't need to run away, I think Suchipili will go to the, what was it, the greenhouse? Yes. I think Ved would also go to the greenhouse just to see what herbs are there that he can gather. I would have my greaser, Neil, search the kitchen to see if he can figure out what food, if any, or drink made somebody sick. All right. So I, should, I think that's everyone. So we're going to cut to the kitchen where the stranger and the greaser are both snooping around. Stranger's just going to stare at the greaser uncomfortably for a minute and then turn around and start poking through cabinets. You got a problem with me? Is there something that you got to say to me? Just stay out of my way. No, how about you stay out of my way, huh? I'm just here trying to help. What are you looking for in those cabinets, huh? It's food that we ate or something we drank, obviously. What are you looking for the baking soda for? I'm looking for poison. All right. And oh, sorry. I think at that, Neil would just start looking under the sink, you know, any cabinets that are below to see if he can find um, cleaning products or rat poisons. All right. So both of you, give me a brains check to see if you find some. Neil got a pair of threes. All right. John did not get any pairs. All right. So, Neil, you've been stupid around, go, poking through the cabinets and stuff, and you, you start, you notice a smell that does, it's, doesn't really match with the smell of, like, the various cooking stuff. It smells more chemical-ish. So you, you start digging through the things, and you, you find stashed away under like the uh in a back corner of like near the sink there's a there's a bottle of something that's it's like a uh a weed, a weed killer and you notice that there, it's wet like you see there's like a bit of dampness on the outside of the uh bottle as if somebody poured it out and like a little bit had gotten out of the bottle he's gonna grab the bottle and carefully bring it close to his nose so he can have a smell then he's gonna touch the wetness with his thumb, rub it between his thumb and his pointer finger and smell that before rinsing his fingers and looking at the stranger and saying, hey, man, I think I found something. I don't know what this is. It's some caustic stuff, but it looks like it's been recently used and it was right here by the sink. You think somebody could have put it in the food? What does it smell like? Uh, uh, you know, I don't know. It kind of smells like bitter you know, like the bottle, like it looks like it's got some like bugs on it. So it's, it looks like bug killer or something. All right, let me take a look. And the stranger will, you know, pull out his handkerchief because he doesn't want to touch it directly. And he'll take the bottle. Interesting. And then he'll wrap the bottle in his handkerchief and stuff it in his pocket. All right. With that, we're going to cut to Marky Markerson, all alone up in the bedrooms. Oh, he's in the bathroom bathroom sorry sitting on the toilet 
Is it using the toilet or is it just sitting on it? He's just sitting on it. Okay, i got to clarify that. Like, you know, probably with his third or fourth or fifth cigarette since he uh, got into the bathroom. All right. So, yes, you were smoking your cigarette. You were just, you know, minding your own business. Yeah, he's freaking out a little bit. God damn, man. I just I just wanted a house to bring the girls back to. I don't know this dead people shit. What the fuck is going on? All right. So, in your emotional duress, you don't notice the pair of hands that creep up behind you and then clasp around your throat. Give me a bronze check. This is a kill scene now, so heads up. Does the good quality of fisticuffs apply? That's a tough one. I'll say... not. No, not in this situation, no. If, if, you, like, if it was a fight, yes, but not really being surprised, no. No pairs. All right. So this is a, this is a secondary character, correct? Correct. All right, so with that, I'm afraid he... You, you, he that is... Puts you down to zero, and he, I'm afraid, dies. So yeah, the hands, you know, reach out from behind you, strangle you, and then you know, you, you, for a brief moment, you thrash and fight about, you kick out, but then you eventually you stop, and then it's just all the only thing left is just just your last cigarette, the embers dying slowly uh, on the floor. You get two genre points for that. All right, now we're gonna cut to the greenhouse. With, I believe, Ved and Zoshipili. You see these, these berries right here. We use the name Belladonna for them because women in the past used their juice to dilate their pupils. It was a beauty standard. They also uh, are said to give you quite an intense, well, hallucinogenic high. However, it's very difficult to dose. Very, very easy uh, to actually kill yourself. Okay, and do you think that maybe that is what they put in the food or the drink that killed Dr. Woman and the lawyer man? I'm not sure. They didn't really seem all that enlightened five minutes before their death. So maybe not. Well, let's look at what else we've got here because I don't think that somebody came out here to get these berries, mash them up to get high and then possibly kill someone, okay? You're being very dumb. Well, you're being quite rude. I, I have learned from all kinds of spiritual masters. Uh, I went on the journey after reading my journey into the Ninth Circle by... Herschel Buckman. Herschel Buckman, that was his name. Fuck. <laughs> oh, you follow Mr. Buckman? I did yes. not know this. You are my spiritual brother? Of course, I've been trying to tell you. Genre points for both of you for that. <laughs> I also plan to move to the town of, in the country of. And Here you get good real estate there, my friend. No, I heard this great story about this mythical hunter. And I want to follow his trail and stalk these woods and connect with nature. My man, that is a beautiful dream. And then he starts tearing up a little and wiping his eyes. I did not see this going on this direction, but I'm going, I'm in love with it. So the, yeah, the both of you are here, uh, Bonding, I guess, over your <laughs> spiritualist ways when both of you suddenly see a figure moving somewhere deeper in the greenhouse. What was that? Hello? Who is dead? No answer comes and you hear even movement. My friend, I don't think that we are alone. I see a figure move tuk, 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 really fast across. Can you see who it is? My eyesight, it's not very good. So 
Andreas actually, even though he's very tall, has a positive in hiding. <laughs> so can we like hide behind one of the um, bushes and try to peek at who it is? Uh, yeah, what's, that's finesse, right? Yes. I'll accept that, yes. Cool. I tried to get a look. Be quiet. Okay, I just make it, fours, I think. But yeah. Yes. That's enough. So yeah, you creep forward and you see a figure like rummaging around and like, basically there's, there's like in the greenhouse, there's like the main you know, plant part where you are. There's like, plants and rows all over the place. And there's a place in the back of it where it's, it's like a little like a closed off room. Where you, guess, you see like bottles of like, you know, like you see like supplies, you see like a you know, fertilizer, bottles like various chemicals and stuff. You see a figure moving around in there. And as you get closer, you clearly see they are, they're, they're doing something. Like, there's like a little workbench in there. What do you do? I'm not stealthy, actually. I just, I'm just good at hiding. <laughs> <laughs> so we can see that there's a figure in the middle of the room, but we, we can't make out. Yeah, because it's, it's like, there's like, like, it's like glass, like frosted glass in between you two. So you can see the figure moving around, but you can't like make out any details or anything. I think Ved is going to try to walk through the greenhouse to find um, Andreas and see if he can ask him, hey, hey, what are you? I can't see you. I can't see anybody. Did you figure out who is here? All right. If you're trying to find, then that'd be a brains check. Pair of twos. All right. Now, uh, tell me, if you want, you can oppose this to try and hide. Make another no, finesse check. It- I think that's uh, fair that he finds me. Okay. Because I didn't move very far and I yeah, wasn't yeah, trying, trying to, to hide not, from not him. trying to hide from Ved, actually. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you basically, you know, Ved comes up behind just like, what's going on? Ah, uh, some shadowy figure is working on this workbench or something. I'm not sure if we should go over there. It's weird to me that they didn't answer your call. No, my friend, I don't think we should. There is a killer loose in the house somewhere. What if this person is here to do the harm to us? And at that point, you hear overhead like a, a loud crack of thunder pierces the sky. And then you, both of you jump, and the figure looks up and then just starts out, you know, really starts moving. I think that's our sign. We should go. So are you guys going to both run away? or? I think we should go into the lighthouse. I think that is a very good idea. I cannot and, and, run. And, I have bad knees, so I follow behind you. Okay. I really want to see this thunderstorm from the top of the lighthouse. This magnificent power and force of nature. There's no point for that. <laughs> All right. So the two of you both sneak off towards the uh, lighthouse. Was the figure? You see it. You know, it creeps out like a. You see, like through a side door. Then it just starts moving quickly. Uh, towards back towards the house. We started out as a World of Darkness podcast, but we have expanded our gameplay to multiple systems. Make sure to check out our games in Delta Green, Call of Cthulhu, Pathfinder, 13th Age, and much more 